0: This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. Today's episode is all about the wedding day itself. The big day has finally arrived. After months of planning, you're going to walk down the aisle and exchange your vows with the love of your life. You've done the hard work and prepared as best as you can, so let your talented vendor team and helpers do their jobs.
1: On your wedding day, you'll want to be able to focus on being present and in the moment so you can truly enjoy your time with your loved ones. Ensuring that you get to do that means tackling some organizational tasks ahead of the big day so you can fully experience all the amazingness of your wedding day.
0: In this episode, we'll outline some important things you need to know to prepare ahead of time and set yourself up for success, aka less stress, on the big day. This is so important. I, I like feel like I can't hammer
1: this home enough. Getting organized and having a plan and and all of this in place ahead of time will make the whole day just a lot less stressful, especially if you're a DIY couple planning a DIY wedding, getting some of these logistical details down that like a professional planner would do for you if you had hired one will help everything go so much more smoothly.
0: Yeah, so I've heard you say that timing is everything. When it comes to executing an organized event, that's exactly what you need to have. And you know, it's true that especially for the DIY couples, if you haven't ever planned a big event like this before, there's a lot of moving parts that you likely just haven't thought about but being able to create your timeline and also very clearly articulate that to all of the people involved i think that's the biggest thing like getting everybody on the same page so that information should go to your vendors to your bridal party or the people that are kind of acting like your bridal party Um, You know, if you have deliveries coming, if your rentals are going to be showing up, if you have things that you need to set up, if you have specific people doing certain parts of the breakdown from your ceremony to your reception, there's just so many different things. Um, And so really being like Monica from Friends is is helpful. Type A to a T.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, so putting together what, you know, we... Know as a wedding day timeline is absolutely key. And, you know, kind of like you mentioned, it's really just an outline of all of the events, logistics, vendors, wedding party deliveries, details, everything that's relevant to putting the event together and distributing that timeline to all of the appropriate parties. And so we're going to go through, you know, all the elements of what make up like a great wedding day timeline to help you put this together. And of course, as always, we'll share some links in the episode blog post and show notes with some templates and things like that that you can reference as well. That'll make this a lot more easy.
0: Amazing. So how do you even get
1: started? So um, a good wedding day timeline will basically completely answer the following questions when it comes to all of the details of your wedding. The who, what, where, when, and how. First of all, the who is your vendors, your wedding party, and what we refer to as your VIPs. So like your family, the people who are most involved in the ceremony or reception, whether it's, you know, getting escorted down the aisle and seated or giving a toast or whatever the case might be. So your timeline should basically include an entire list of all the people involved in your big day, especially the people who play those key roles including any contact info for each person. If you haven't hired a full service wedding planner, which if you're on a budget, you probably haven't, um, but hopefully you at least have a point person, a day of coordinator, perhaps even your venue coordinator. If you have booked a venue that has somebody there on staff to coordinate the day, you can share this list of information with that person so that they can contact anyone as needed throughout the day.
0: Yeah, you really have to remember that the people that are considered your VIPs, one of the big things that you're going to want to do is take pictures with them. And so the last thing that you want to do, you want to have to do is be like tracking them down, trying to find where they are so that you can get these pictures in. And so if they know this is where you need to be at what time, and then also if there's somebody available who can be making sure like, okay, each of these VIPs is actually here and accounted for, It will just go so much more smoothly. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, we'll get into this later, but if you wanted to create customized timelines for every single person, that might be kind of a hefty task. But if you list every single person just in an overall day of timeline, then you can highlight each person's roles throughout the day. And that's like a little bit easier to not make just the task so much harder on yourself. That is a great tip. (laughs) So next up is the what and where, which includes addresses of obviously your reception and ceremony, If especially if they're different, as well as, you know, potentially maybe you're getting ready in a different location than where your ceremony or reception is taking place. I don't know. I don't know what you've planned. But if it, if that's the case, then, you know, including those details is important. Also, any deliveries that are expected, as well as, you know, the wedding vendors, You know, when it comes to the who, including all of the contact info for each of the vendors involved in your day, there's going to be, you know, further details in the timeline for, you know, when they arrive and deliveries and stuff like that. But just having that key vendor info, what their role is, you know, what service they're providing and a phone number is definitely a good idea to include in that list.
0: Yeah, I think overall, what you want to be able to think about is like, if you are unavailable at any moment, that somebody can read your timeline and know exactly what you meant and what you were expecting and what you wanted. So if you're the only person who can contact the florist or the officiant or something like that, then what happens if you're tied up and you can't? Yeah. And trust me, you do
1: not want to be fielding those like stressful scenarios on your own wedding day. The ideal scenario, I think, is for you to just show up and enjoy all the work that you put into planning the event. And so that's why I feel so, so passionate about definitely always having at least a day of, month of coordinator to oversee everything on the day of so that you're not fielding those questions because things happen. Let's be real. (laughs) They do. Another thing to keep in mind is if you're a DIY bride and you have done a ton of DIY projects and you have just boxes and boxes of things to be set up on your wedding day for your ceremony and reception, it's important to get this organized ahead of time (laughs) and also include details about all of that in your timeline for whoever is going to be setting it up. If you can put some things together in boxes, you know, maybe do a box for each centerpiece, if that's what you've got. Uh, Include maybe a mock-up template or a photo for the person who's setting it up so they know what you expect. I think it's so important to be as clear and like over-communicate about these things, especially if you have like certain expectations. So having space and the details of what those items are in your timeline, I think is super, super helpful for the people who are helping you execute.
0: Yeah, having doing the photo, taking a photo of it, like if you can set all of these things up, let's say you have Um, a welcome table type of situation with some signs and maybe you have like your gift box on there and stuff like that. If you can set it up maybe at home at some point prior and now you get a chance to see it like actually come to life and you can move things around and then take a picture and just give that picture to someone else and they'll know exactly where like, you know, they're completing a puzzle. They'll know exactly where things are going so they won't have to either guess or like come up to you and be like, oh, did you want this like on this side or in the middle? Just going with that photo is like then anybody could do it you know yeah
1: yeah absolutely I I this brings me back to like my own wedding day to be honest which I don't talk about a lot but um (laughs) but just from some personal experience I had this vision of having this candy buffet right like and I had picked out all the you know and I I wanted yellow my wedding colors were yellow and turquoise and I really wanted it to be very cohesive, so I chose all yellow candy, which before you're like, ew, who likes yellow candy because it's always lemon and not everybody likes lemon. We were able to find some (laughs) unique flavors, but in my defense, anyway. But I had this very specific vision in mind, and I had diy all of these labels. They were cardstock, the same cardstock I used for my wedding invitations. And it was, you know, like shimmery, like turquoise signs that said what each candy type was. And I included, you know, like I want these ones to go in this jar, and I included the labels, but I did not indicate that I wanted them to be, um, I didn't share with my coordinator that i wanted them to be attached with a ribbon around the uh, jar each jar even though i had included the ribbon in the box with the candy you know um, jars and the candy itself and the signs somehow i didn't communicate that and so they were just kind of like taped on there very like haphazardly and it didn't turn out as what i was envisioning obviously not not a disaster, let's be honest, like priority-wise, not important. But I had put a lot of time and thought into what I wanted this to look like, but I didn't properly communicate it. I didn't do a mock-up, I didn't do a photo. So like, learn from my experience, you know, the more detail, the more, you know, visual aids that you can give the people who
0: are setting up for you, the better, especially when it comes to those DIY projects. Absolutely, unless you're somebody who's like, you know, I'm not really sure exactly how I want this. And I, you know, I have all the pieces together. I don't really know how I want everything to come about. Maybe you have a coordinator that you just trust and you say like, go, you know, have fun with this, be creative, but then you have to be okay with whatever happens on the other side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It just depends on what level of, I don't want to say control freak,
0: but like, kind of like, what, what, what's your, what's your vibe, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it depends how much you really like have clearly envisioned it. I think for some people that's like down to the smallest detail and for others, it's kind of like, it's an idea, but they need somebody else to kind of carry it through. And so if, you know, you just being prepared for whichever one it is that you are. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on
1: to the when and the how, this is really the meat of the timeline, right? It's the schedule of events and that should include every single event, every vendor arrival time, everything from start to finish. So you'll probably want to, you know, put so much detail into your timeline that you'll have, you know, increments of like 15-minute intervals throughout the key moments of your day, and the more detailed a timeline is, the more helpful it's going to be to all the people involved. So don't hold back. <laughs> I actually saw, you know, I love I love scrolling TikTok. I actually saw a, a wedding planner share that a uh, wedding timeline time, like anything you think is going to take five minutes is actually going to take 30 <laughs> <laughs> on a wedding day. So just keep that in mind when you're building your
0: timeline. <laughs> That's such a good thing to think about. Also, the littlest details we're talking about. If you know that you're going to need a little snack because you haven't eaten in five hours and, you know, there's a little pocket of time that you could put that in. You could literally write, like, bride, snack. Yeah, snack time. <laughs> snack snack attack.
1: <laughs> um, yes, yeah, super important to stay fed and hydrated on the big day because we don't want any hangry, um, dehydrated brides, okay? Um, <laughs> not a good way to feel on a very special, important day when you want to feel nothing but your best. Um, Okay, so things to include in your schedule of events. Let's get into it, the nitty gritty here. So we're talking like arrival and departure times for each person involved in the wedding, any hair and makeup appointment slots for you and your bridesmaids, maybe your mom, maybe your partner's mom, you know, also wants to get hair and makeup done. So that's super, super important. And honestly, tends to take longer than you would expect
0: yes definitely and you're you know if you have somebody doing this for you if you are hiring like a professional hair and makeup artist they will give you what they're expecting um and also like they will make it in that time like even if you think like oh how is that possibly enough time like a half hour for each person they're gonna do it (laughs) yeah so they they likely already have a plan you know they've devised what they're going to do. And so if you can just ask them for what that is, and then put that in for everybody else to be able to see, then you're all set. Super helpful. Yeah, I think leaning on especially
1: if you are a DIY couple, if you're putting this timeline kind of together yourself, leaning on your vendors and asking them for, you know, what their estimate for setup time or hair and makeup appointments, or, you know, how long, you know, your photographer estimates, for, you know, your first look versus your family portraits versus whatever. Um, definitely definitely lean on their expertise because they've worked many wedding days and um, they know typically how much time they'll need for them to do their job to the best of their ability, which is also important. Um, so, yeah, photo schedule is a big one. Obviously, your photographer is probably gonna put together their own version of a timeline based on your ceremony start time, your reception start time, based on when your hair and makeup is happening, if you want them to be there for that. Things, these are all like important things to keep in mind and that you'll definitely be sharing with your photographer anyway. And so in a lot of cases, these timelines almost become like collaborative um, with your vendors. A first look like I mentioned if you're having one I'm a big fan of the first look uh, just because it allows you and your partner to get those intimate portraits of the two of you together before the ceremony even starts so you can just roll into your reception and enjoy it and have fun with all of your guests this can be like a very controversial <laughs> topic because you know some people love the tradition of seeing their their spouse for the first time at the end of the aisle but You know, if you're having a first look, obviously it needs to be factored into the timeline because you'll need extra time pre-ceremony for photos. Um, Next up is ceremony start time and the estimated end time. So you and your officiant will probably be discussing the length of the ceremony, your desired length of your ceremony. Um, if you're doing, you know, a traditional wedding in a church where you have like a standard mass, say if you're Catholic, like those ceremonies tend to run pretty long, they can be an hour. Um, whereas, you know, if you're doing your wedding, like at, you know, a non traditional venue, you have a non, is it a secular, or a non secular, non secular, non secular efficient, then, you know, you can, get that ceremony done in like 15 minutes. (laughs) So it really just depends on like what you and your partner want and how much time you want to estimate for that if you want to get to the reception and get the party started. And then next up would be transportation estimate, especially if you are switching venues between your ceremony and reception. You'll need to allow ample time for that, especially if you're not you know, providing a transportation option. If guests are all getting into individual cars and transporting over, they could create a little traffic jam. So <laughs> you want to know um, that you're leaving, you know, an appropriate amount of time to allow for them to get from one venue to the next. And then the main event, really, right? The reception. The reception schedule of events is kind of its own whole thing. So if you're doing a cocktail hour, you'll want to include timing for that, especially if you and your wedding party or off doing photos during the cocktail hour which is what a lot of couples do if they don't opt for a first look of course if you want to do like a wedding party entrance where each of your wedding party members gets introduced including that on the timeline um, as well as when your meal is going to be served no matter what um, style of meal you're serving whether it's sit-down service or buffet service or whatever um, you'll need to include when that will begin. And depending on what type of service you have chosen for your wedding reception meal, uh, the amount of time you'll need for people to eat could vary. So keep that in mind as well.
0: Yeah, it's like, you don't want to think about like, you know, because if you are doing a sit down thing, it takes a fair amount of time for everybody to be served. Um, just like, you know, think about how many people there are to like deliver a meal to. And so you want to make sure that you're also accounting for like the last person who's getting their meal to be able to eat it before the next thing happens. Exactly,
1: exactly. Some other things to include in your reception schedule are, you know, any special dances, obviously the first dance between you and your partner, if you're doing dancing, um, you know, mother of the groom with the groom or father of the bride with the bride or any combination of parents and new newlywed spouse combos that you could think of that apply to your circumstance um you'll want to make time for that in your timeline um, as well as your cake cutting if you are cutting a traditional cake Um, And then, you know, those special (laughs) traditions that we love to talk about here on the bouquet toss, including the bouquet and garter toss, if you decide Mm -hmm. to do those at your wedding reception, Um, and toasts. So if you have folks who are planning to give speeches at your reception, whether it's your parents or the two of you, if you'd like to do that, um, include that in your timeline as well. And then, obviously, there's going to be some, like, nebulous, like, dance time, or if you're not having dancing, maybe it's, like, backyard games, lawn games, things like that. Time for mingling, time for merriment and joy, right? (laughs) Before the final send-off of the couple for your grand exit, however
0: you decide to leave the big party, so... Yeah. And, you know, another thing we always talk about, speaking of the send-off, is the the staged send-off, which is something you can do if you want to have your photographer there for a little bit less time. And so I feel like for a lot of these things, it could feel a little arbitrary. How do I figure out, like, when each thing should happen? How do I figure out how much time to leave? All of those things are questions that are, you know, hard to know if you haven't done it before. But Your photographer really will dictate a lot of these things. Getting a copy of their timeline will be so helpful in figuring out what yours will actually look like. But then I also think asking people, like ask professional vendors, even if you're not using them, like I'm sure there's people that you could reach out to and that would be very happy to say, you know, this usually takes this amount of time, we usually see couples put the cake cutting after the toasts or, you know, like whatever it is. And then I also think remembering all of that will just be typical usual things, you can do whatever you want. So if to you, it really feels like going from the cocktail hour, right into The wedding party entrance, and then into toasts is what you want to do before going through the cake cutting or the special dances or anything like that. So be it. Like it's these are all things that like basically are have become industry standard just because it makes it easier for the vendors who are doing it all the time to like streamline what they're doing. But there's no rules that say like your wedding has to go in a specific order. Like you have to feel that pressure. Absolutely.
1: I've actually heard of, um, I can't remember where I saw it, but, uh, someone who did like almost like a reception before the ceremony. Ooh. I was like, yeah, do that. You do you like do what
0: you know, makes you happy, whatever. I think it's funny because I think there's this, I mean, of course there is this feeling of like, well, it's official once you actually have the ceremony and you say I do and all of that. But were you planning to maybe not and then like not have a reception like no likely if you've gotten to this point hopefully (laughs) you're going to be celebrating either way so yeah yeah Yeah. searching it up could be cool i love it i love
1: people who break the rules it's awesome
0: (laughs) when it comes to weddings everyone's looking for something that sparkles no we're not talking about diamonds we're talking about prosecco When we think of romance, fun, laughter, joy and friendship, we think of Prosecco. But not just any Prosecco. Iconic fashion designer Vera Wang just launched Vera Wang Party, a premium Italian Prosecco that's the perfect addition to your toast to the special couple at any wedding. This classic Italian Prosecco sparkler is light and refreshing with a playful yet sophisticated tone. Vera Wang Party is available wherever you buy wine and if you don't see it, just ask for it. Or visit VeraWangParty.com and order it right to your house. Plus, listeners of The Bouquet Toss can use promo code SAVVY to save 15% on your order. So as you plan all of your wedding events, from the engagement party to the bridal shower, bachelorette, and even farewell brunch, let Vera Wang Party be the life of your party. And don't forget to follow at Vera Party on Instagram for exclusive cocktails, party planning tips, and everything else party-related.
1: Yeah, and one resource I wanted to share as well, um, if you need help building your timeline, you're wondering, like, okay, I've got, like, an idea of all these things, but how do I put it together? I mean, you could do something as simple as, like, a Word document or a Google Doc, especially if you want to share it with your vendors and have them update, edit, and add things. It can be very collaborative, but then if you wanted to make it pretty, you know, you could put it into you know, a Canva document and design it with like pretty fonts or colors to match your wedding color scheme. I see that a lot on Bride Talk. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We also have a editable um, wedding timeline Canva template that you can check out on the blog if you need a place to get started. But there's also a professional resource that a lot of wedding planners and event professionals use, and it's called Timeline Genius which is kind of like the industry standard for like helping people put together a fully executed wedding day timeline. And you can actually use it for free for 14 days as a trial if you wanted to try it out and put some of your details in and help see what kind of, um, ideas or structure that that gives you because it's basically getting like a free consultation from a wedding planner, um, online,
0: uh, for your timeline. So just a little savvy tip. Um, You love those savvy tips. Uh, yeah. Also thinking about with your timeline, having a mobile friendly version, probably there was a period of time where people printed these out and just kind of like disseminated them to whoever needed it, but having something that's like easy to read on your phone, is your best bet because everyone's going to have their phone they're going to be taking personal pictures they're going to be contacting someone they're going to be you know so being able to just be like take out your phone and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful
1: they're going to have it in their hand anyway right pretty much right. all the time who, who when does anyone ever set their phone down these days i honestly don't know i think it's glued to my palm at this point <laughs> so now that we've been through like the logistical nitty-gritty details of the wedding day itself. I wanted to take a moment to talk about like some emotional tips for the big day.
0: Emotional wedding planning, guys.
1: Right. You really think you need to do it. Absolutely. So here's some tips for you. First of all, just make sure to like take a moment to take it all in, you know, like it's so true. It sounds cliche. It sounds like it's probably been said a million times, but like it goes by in a total blur It's the quickest day of your life. And so taking a moment to step back with your partner from the reception, I think it was Amanda from House of Wise. She gave us this tip in a previous episode, and I just loved it. And I feel like it bears repeating. Stepping back with your partner during the reception and just looking at that room of all the people who love you together in one place, they're celebrating you, connecting with each other, celebrating your love and supporting you in that moment. Just take a moment to feel that like in your heart with your partner as you are beginning your marriage together. So sweet. It's so sweet and sappy. Um, Another thing I love to recommend is setting aside some time for just you and your partner to connect at some point throughout the day. This is one of the reasons why I really love a first look. This is something that I feel strongly about, but um, just because you get one on one time, it helps calm your nerves. It feels like so intimate, just the two of you and your photographer can get some really beautiful photos that won't feel as rushed as if you're like ready, you know, you're married, you're ready to get to the reception to get to the party to get to enjoy all the stuff that you've been planning. I th- I just think the first look helps the whole day feel less stressful.
0: Yeah, it also helps you not miss anything during the actual event. Because if your photographer is trying to steal you to go take pictures, you're going to miss whatever is going on at that moment. And so getting those beforehand just kind of ensures that you won't be stolen away at any particular time.
1: Right, I hear couples all the time talk about like, I didn't wanna leave at the end. Yeah. Like they have like their grand exit and they're like, everybody else is like still staying behind for like another 30 minutes and I have to leave early. Like, I don't wanna leave. Like this is, I'm having the most fun of my life, you know? Right. Um. So whether whether or not you do a first look, like having some time alone with your partner just to connect, even if you do it during the reception or like, like a private cocktail hour, like a private dinner, I think, in some cases, couples will take their dinner in a separate room and eat a little something alone before they get introduced to their reception. Because then they don't get interrupted while they're eating, they make sure that they're eating, because that's another thing that a lot of couples talk about, is that You know, they planned this whole event, and they didn't even get to eat any of the food. (laughs)
0: So Right. You also could just make sure that, like, the two of you know when your meal is served, you're going to sit and eat it, even though there will be people coming up to you trying to take pictures and trying to talk to you and all of that. But, like, scheduling that time to be like, this, we're going to sit, we're going to commit to it, we're going to eat, we're going to be together, we're going to enjoy it. And then, like, once we're done, we can get up and go, you know, be pulled in whatever directions we're being pulled in. Absolutely.
1: Another thing that I love is recommending that you keep like a journal. And if you have time, like I would recommend making some time to just like jot down some notes the morning of your wedding, take some time, some quiet time to yourself and jot down what you're feeling and share your thoughts so you can remember like all the emotions that you were going through on your wedding day. And then do the same thing the morning after and jot down all the special moments and memories, things that happen on the day of, because memories can be very vivid on their own, but there's something about that connection of putting pen to paper and writing it down that helps solidify those things in your mind. And so it can just help your wedding day memories be more vivid for, you know, the rest of your life.
0: And it's also a really good thing to do if, you know, because weddings are very hurry up and wait. There's like a million things that have to get done, but then you need to wait for something to be in place to do like the next thing. And so committing to journaling in those moments I think is also great. Cause then you don't have to, you don't have time to ruminate over details or worry about things. Like if you're putting your energy towards writing down like what you're feeling and experiencing. And even maybe that means like getting a dedicated journal for that day so that like it's special and that you'll want to use it. And you could say like, hey, maid of honor, If you see that I have time, put this in my hands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Nice little aggressive reminder. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And so beyond the emotional type of planning, you've also got some great savvy tips for wedding day survival. And I feel like survival might seem like a crazy word, but it really is true. Like you need to think about the fact that there's really never a time where you're doing this sort of marathon event that's like so emotionally charged and you know you want to get everything right like you're not used to that you're not trained for that so even if you've been the bridesmaid at 27 weddings it's not yours specifically so it's really not something you're like ready and prepared for so yes eating and drinking like please don't forget to do that but also having an an emergency kit is so, so helpful. There's just like little things that you might not think about, but that will be really helpful in the moment that you might need. And maybe not even just you, anybody around you, anybody at the wedding might need. So we have a really great blog post uh, about how to build a wedding day survival kit, but things that might go in there would be safety pins or scissors, mints, water, straws, so that you can drink the water and not ruin your lipstick, Um, Static guard for your dress. It might just be super staticky and you didn't realize. Hairspray just to fix anything. Snacks. We love a snack attack. (laughs) Advil, aspirin, some sort of pain reliever just in case. Deodorant is huge. Also, like these are all things that people love to see in their bathroom at a wedding because... Nothing like desperately needing a bobby pin and not having one in the little bag that you brought when you usually have eight at the bottom of your bag that you use daily. And then being able to walk into the bathroom and be like, oh, thank God, bobby pin. So true. So true. <laughs> if you're having an outdoor wedding, sunscreen, bug spray, umbrellas, just things to fight against the elements. You know, there's a lot of other things on that list, but Just those like things that you just like wouldn't really think about, but that are pretty necessary. Absolutely. There's just so many details that you're gonna want to include. There's a lot of things that you're gonna feel like you could easily forget. So just pack the day before, or even maybe the week
1: before. The week before, (laughs) yeah.
0: Just like have everything ready to go, and that includes not just anything for your personal needs that you might use on the day of, um, but any decor you're transporting any like little things like even like jewelry or your something borrowed or whatever those things are not even just packing them day up but maybe even making a list when you pack so that you can very easily do like a checklist uh to make sure that you've put everything in the bags that you're taking i feel like it can ease your mind if you know like you can check off that you have all of them rather than just guessing that you did everything you needed the week before That sound means it's time for Wedding Watch, a segment of the Bouquet Toss where we discuss iconic wedding moments from our favorite TV shows and movies. If you want to hit pause and watch the clip we're talking about today, head to our Wedding Watch playlist on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. This week's Wedding Watch is Bridgerton, season one. Let's be clear.
1: Yes. The Duke of Hastings and Daphne Bridgertons Wedding. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm just going to right away be like, I don't even think we can talk about savviness. No. That's <laughs> Absolutely they, not. They have so much money. This is all about money and status and class. And we're not going to even attempt to rate anything on a savvy scale. We're just going to love, we're just going to give Bridgerton love. Like they do it in their house, ironically, but their house is like a freaking mansion and they have. <laughs> a staff so i want to quote that like tyra
1: banks like america's next top model where it's like it's so bad i want to give you a
0: zero but i can't so i give (laughs) you a one (laughs) truly just the most expense that you can think of but that's what their society was about putting on a wedding to show the rest of your community how much money you have was Mm -hmm. a thing which I think we want to actively discourage couples to do today. Correct. The other thing that also we could point out is that they have a very tiny intimate ceremony in like a church, I think. Just their families, immediate families. And then the big spectacle, everybody's invited to the actual reception. And that is something that couples can think about doing as well. I mean, often I think with COVID, we've seen the opposite where because you can have like a Zoom link or something for the ceremony, you end up having more people witness that, which maybe is arguably the thing you do want to do. Because like, isn't that the more important part? Question mark.
1: Well, no question mark. It is the more important part. (laughs) It's just that's the marriage part, not the wedding part.
0: Right. Which to quote George Banks. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the casual, like, sweep that the camera does of, like, the the food, like, the table of food, and there's just, like, a whole plate of lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> they spared no expense. It spared no expense. The cake is, like, five feet tall, at least four tiers. Yeah. Safe to say, not savvy at all. Elaborate. Indeed. So... The last thing I just want to touch on with this is that I think that a big thing that came about from Bridgerton was like a Bridgerton themed wedding. Yes. Can you talk about what little savvy DIY types of things you can do to have that type of feel if you're like, oh my God, I love Bridgerton and I want to live in that fairytale romantic type of day.
1: Oh, yes. We have, um, we do have a blog post about like Bridgerton inspired wedding attire looks so we'll definitely include that in the blog post for this episode um but aside from the fashion obviously I think going really vintage like maybe you scour your local thrift store for vintage teacups or plates or things like that candlesticks um it might be a bit more on like maybe the shabby chic side if they don't all match but um, it's still very much like in line with like that vintage like flair, I think. Love it. Go out and get inspired. Do it. And that concludes our weekly wedding watch. Wanna hear us chat about one of your favorite scenes? DM us on Instagram and let us know what we need to watch and chat about on future episodes.
0: And then last but not least, tips for vendors. This is a huge thing that couples forget on the day of but most of the vendors that you're using are probably people that you're going to end up wanting to tip for their services so um, we have a great blog post on suggested tip amounts which i know is something that can cause a lot of just like stress and unknowns Um, so i think that's a great thing to look at but even just remembering to bring that cash with you or however you're going to be delivering the tip so that you're not worrying last minute like oh my god we have to go Get money for tips. Right. And it really depends
1: like on your situation. Um, not every vendor will be tipped. Um, but Sari said that blog post has some great information there and it can help you, you know, decide who to tip how much, and so you can, you know, put that cash in envelopes ahead of time so it's easy to distribute those on the day of.
0: Yeah, just like label the envelopes and bing bang boom. Easy peasy.
1: So in reference to tasks that you might need to delegate, um, there will inevitably be so much to do on your wedding day. So assigning you know certain tasks to dedicated people, especially doing so in advance, can be a big help. And here's a list of some tasks that you might want to delegate to your loved ones so dispensing the family flowers to the members of your families you know if your florist brings you know your mother's corsages or your boutonniere for your dad um, making sure that someone gets those flowers to all of those people picking up and delivering food to the wedding party while you guys are all getting ready people don't think about like if you're especially if you're getting your hair and makeup done early in the day like maybe you need a little breakfast snack or something so having someone take care of that and bring that to you is a super huge help. Also, people to show guests to their seats for the ceremony and directing them from the ceremony to the reception, distributing those vendor tips and any outstanding vendor payments. Um, if you you know do the work to put those payments in the respective envelopes in advance, having somebody to distribute those to each of your vendors is key whether that's your day of coordinator or maybe it's your parents just depending on your situation also things like setting up your guest book or the gift table you know these are things that if you had like a full service wedding planner or if you have a day of a coordinator they're likely going to do a lot of these things but these are just some things to keep in mind Um, as well as you know if you have done DIY decor like centerpieces or seating charts and things like that setting up those items and putting them in the
0: appropriate places i think people like to be delegated tasks on weddings like it makes you feel important yeah so i don't think i mean there's probably people out there who think you know I don't wanna be burdening other people with having to do something on my wedding day, right? Like I would rather have somebody else doing it and the guests not feel obligated. And so if that is part of your vision and your values then definitely having the day of coordinator to delegate all these to is super important. But if you do feel comfortable with like kind of having this community type of feel, I really do believe people feel like, oh, she asked me to do that for her wedding. I'm important. So <laughs> it could be like a really special thing to be asking and not, not really a burden at all.
1: Yeah. And even things like, you know, having someone to bring you and your partner, you know, your glasses of champagne for the toast or something like that, or someone who packs up all the gifts at the end of the night, especially if you don't have like that full service wedding planner doing those things for you, like who's getting the stuff out of the getting ready sweets or whatever. These are all things that you'll need to think through logistically and decide who to ask to help.
0: Yes. And so last but not least, we've got some tips about sharing on social media because let's just be real day of that is something that is probably going to be on your guests minds much more than yours. (laughs) Um, The wedding hashtag is something that I actually do really love I feel like there has become this grown pressure of like, oh my God, we have to have like the cutest hashtag that involves both of our names and like is quippy. And, you know, while that is really cool, it's also a very functional thing because you will love being able to type in a hashtag and just find all of the posts that people have, you know, shared from your wedding, especially like the night after or the the next following few days. It's like, such a sweet little surprise for you to be like you won't have your professional photos back yet so you get to kind of like relive the moments through your guests by encouraging those wedding hashtags so I think I think that's always a smart like functional thing to do that might seem like it's a trend that you're having to follow but it actually like benefits you
1: yeah absolutely I'm I'm a fan of the wedding hashtag there are also other options you know if you don't necessarily care about social media or you don't maybe want to go hunting down everybody's photos via hashtag there are some different apps or you can create like a shared google drive where you can ask your guests to upload any photos they take on the day of into that shared google drive so you have access to all of them that's like a totally free savvy version which i love and a good tip for that would be to get like a a qr code created for that google drive so it makes it super easy to like share it with whoever you want to add photos and um yeah finally like in terms of emotional tips like just breathe let go of the idea of anything being perfect because perfection is a myth it does not exist embrace all that is and all that can and will maybe go wrong or not according to plan. Because at the end of the day, truly what actually matters is that the two of you end up married at the end. That's what makes the wedding day a success. That's what makes it perfect, quote unquote. So let go of the idea of any sort of aesthetic or logistical perfection.
0: I love that. What a beautiful way to think about it. This has been such a fun season getting to walk through all of these planning stages for the wedding we do have some fun bonus episodes coming up that you should definitely stay tuned for just because we've reached the big day does not mean we're leaving the BkTOS is still alive and kicking so be sure to stay tuned for some of those episodes and uh we'll catch you all soon yay you've been listening to the bouquet toss a podcast brought to you by the budget savvy bride we would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app as always stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode